ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Last Now Podcast on Nick Sports Now Network. He is Kevin. I am Jared. It's time to talk Ohio State, Kevin. I know it's only July, but this warrants it. We've got an entire show dedicated nearly to Ohio State this week and the Buckeyes. It should be a game, a pivotal game for both the Buckeyes and the Nittany Lions. Yeah, so pivotal. Uh, Ohio State is doing the ultra original Scarlet out, um, not to be confused with the uh, Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Um, Saturday, October 21st at the Shoe. Game time is still to be determined. No TV network, no time. I think this is going to be, uh, that'll all be decided. I think that's going to be the 14-day window for college for college football. Uh, TV rights, uh, they they are going to wait until the absolute last minute to figure out the best time spot to put that thing in because if both teams are, Ohio State could be 6-0 and by that time. Penn State's likely to be 5-0 and at that time because they have the bye week beforehand. Um, or is it? Anyways, both teams could go into the matchup undefeated to the point where this game could decide who is at least second in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, this is always a big game, but this is going to have some early implications in the, in the beginning of the season, which I think is huge. It's in the first half of the season. It's before really the schedule starts to heat up. This is kind of the beginning of, of, the, of, the, of the big part of the Big Ten schedule. For the Nittany Lions, both teams should be entering the game undefeated. This is going to be a primetime game. I would bet a lot of money on this being in primetime. It's a theme game for the Buckeyes. Not that they needed to worry about filling up the horseshoe, but it's going to be a primetime game. I don't know if it'll be on ESPN or NBC or, or what have you, but this is a game that warrants all the attention in the bright lights and not big noon. If I think it was last year. It's got to be in primetime, and it's going to put the Big Ten on the national stage once again, which is both in, it's super important for the exposure of both programs, but it's why players play at Penn State. It's why you're going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. against Kalen King. You're going to get that matchup and, and everything involving it. And I think that's what makes Big Ten football, especially Ohio State, Penn State, so special. Yeah, it's such a big game that, I mean, really Penn State's a tight-lipped program. None of the players are speaking out about it. Kalen King's already lamenting last year's matchup against Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, at that time, Joey Porter Jr. was out. Uh, with his appendectomy, he wasn't going to play again for the rest of the season. Kalen King was thrusted into the quarterback, cornerback number one position and had a matchup with Marvin Harrison Jr. So Kalen King came out this week talking about how he's excited for it. And if he's going, he's out to be the number one cornerback in the country, whether or not, exceed, what it, whether or not he succeeds at that, we, we will see. Um, I think believe PFF has him rated as one of the top two or three, maybe in the country, whatever, however you want to, um, consume PFF's ratings of players, but the fact that he's already talking about the matchup, like they're looking ahead. Once you get into the season, the one and zero mentality is going to kick in, but it's the off season. It's the middle of July. They have nothing to talk about. We have nothing to talk about. And he started talking about the matchup. And if he wants to be the best cornerback in the nation, he's got to lock down. What is arguably who is arguably the number one receiver in the country too. I mean, this Marvin Harrison jr. Is probably a wide receiver that could easily go top, three top five in the NFL draft next year. And 
if Kalen King wants to join him in the top five of the draft next year, he's got to lock him down, I think, in this game. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a really big stepping stone for Kalen King. But I also think that Kalen King is getting slept on quite a bit um, by by people around the country that don't aren't quite familiar with his game because he really didn't come on until the Rose Bowl. But at the same time, this is a kid that, that's got the skills. And, you know, you want to talk about an offense – or you want to talk – I'm sorry, about the defense – you're talk, all the talk's going to be on the front with Chop Robinson, and then ultimately uh, you've got Abdul Carter, right? All the attention's going to be on them. But then you throw in the defensive secondary, you got Kalen King, and I think Keaton Ellis is going to be a guy that has a big year at safety position this year too. But they're multifaceted, multi-talented, both at, on, on all three levels um, of the defensive um, defensive team. And that, I think, is going to be huge. And that's what you need to do and to be to beat teams like Ohio State. And this is going. This is a must-win for the Nittany Lions. It's not, you know, a game that's going to end their season because there's still a lot of time to, to let things happen. Ohio State's schedule isn't easy either. But at the same time, this is one of those situations where Penn State wins and they control their destiny and don't have to worry about what other teams do in order to get back to where they want to be like they did in 2016. Exactly. And if, if you do want to make that run of the big 10, like Penn state wants to do, you cannot put your fate in the hands of Michigan, Michigan state, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Rutgers. Those are Ohio state's last opponents. So Ohio state would have to lose two of those games. Granted they're owing two against Michigan the last two years. Is that going to happen again for this year? The game's at the big house, probably. So Michigan looks strong, but it really is hard to imagine that Penn State's secondary this year will probably be better than last year. Um, they put Joey Porter Jr. in the first round of the draft. Jair Brown went into the third round of the draft. But Johnny Dixon getting slept on, too, on the other side, as well as Kalen King. And you've got Saki Wheatley, who's – he honestly probably could be better than Jair Brown. He might be a late one, early two, like a Jaquan Brisker type. And then Keaton Ellis just has that fifth year – of eligibility he's using that up and just all the experience on the back end so that defense is going to be strong and like we saw last year that defense can keep them in the game so uh, a couple other notes on the game just to get everyone caught up on the roster moves from ohio state all the top three receivers are going to be there marvin harrison jr like we've already talked like we've already talked about Emeka abuka and julian fleming um mine williams and travion travion yeah <laughs> julian fleming if he's healthy he'll be playing I mean, honestly, I wish the best for the guy. He gets, it is what it is that he didn't come to Penn State. Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, they're still going to be that duo in the backfield. Not going to be – I mean, Penn State has the advantage there. We can talk about that later. Uh, the biggest question mark is who's going to start at quarterback for Ohio State. you got Kyle McCord, who's probably going to be the starter. He's a junior. Uh, but you also have a redshirt freshman in Devin Brown. And then uh, JT – Tui Malalu, who absolutely wrecked the game last year. Two interceptions, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Uh, just absolute game wrecker. That's going to be a matchup to watch for. And then they return both Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers, who had absolute games against Penn State as well. So Ohio State's defense is still going to be pretty strong. Uh, but they did graduate, obviously, C.J. Stroud. They graduated, their th- they graduated three offensive linemen. Paris Johnson Jr. went to the Cardinals. Dewan Jones went to the Browns as well as Luke Weipler. And then they lost uh, Jackson Smith and Jigma, who did not play last year, 
um, and a defensive end in Zach Harrison. So that roster's had a little bit of a turnover. They put six people into the draft, uh, but we'll see how Penn State's going to do against them. Uh, but that's just their roster. Just get a little uh, preview of what the roster is going to look like as we get to October. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think that Penn State has a chance to win. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in the second segment when we come back here on the Latching Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the second segment of the Latching Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. I'm Jared. He's Kevin. Kevin, Penn State has a chance to win. They've proven time and time again under James Franklin that they can compete with Ohio State. That hasn't always turned into victories, but they can do it, and they can do it without a fluke like the block six. And I think this is the year to go into the horseshoe and really show the nation, along with the Big Ten, what Penn State football is all about under Drew Aller and Nick and James Franklin. Yeah, and – they really proved that last year. I mean, without Sean Clifford's four four turnovers last year, Penn State wins that game. They're up 21 to 16 with 924 left in the game. At the end of the third quarter, they're out gaining Ohio State 300 to 263 yards. They re- they really held um, Ohio State running backs in check. They're averaging less than 2 yards a carry um before the three-play 75-yard touchdown drive that they had that really kind of broke Penn State's back. Penn State went up and then defense needed to get a stop, and they just they gave up a three play. I think it was all three runs, seventy five yard drive. Um, I've wrote last year that was our first show, so it'll be a big week for us. But um, I literally wrote in the notes: if the offense doesn't f this up, this is Penn State's game. And Penn State could hold them on offense, and then or Penn State could hold them on defense, and then when their offense got on the field, it just it just sputtered. The turnovers killed them. It was backbreakers, and they put the defense in really bad situations. So four turnovers, you lose by 13 points. That's obviously a game that you could have won on merit, and they just failed to do so. So be Drew Aller's first massive game, first game against Ohio State, and Penn State's going to come in with momentum. Ohio State is too, but if Drew Aller can have a better, have a uh, one turnover game, maybe even a two turnover game, Penn State can win this game easily. Not easily, but they could win it. Yeah, the defense was not the problem last year for uh, for Penn State. Um, obviously, I think with the turnovers, they got left kind of with their tail between their legs because there's just not much you can do when you're dealing with a short field and the Ohio State defense is just wreaking havoc. So I don't want to put – there's no blame to be put on the defense. It was solely offensive. Drew Aller, if he can come in and, and just do enough to, to play well and, and really let Catron and Nick Singleton do their thing, and not put the ball in the hands where Aller needs to think or, or feels that he has to make a play, that he has to force things to make it happen. If they're able and capable of doing that, I think they can get a win. Um, and it's going to be tough. Ohio State is not an easy place to play. That'll be Penn State's first tough road test. you know. But they start the season with games at home against West Virginia and against Iowa that are going to be in prime time. So they're going to be used to – to favorable environments, big big crowds. It won't be anything quite like Ohio State, uh, it, it being just another another environment, a road environment. But if they're able to just play their game, 
I think they have a very, very good shot of going into the horseshoe and pulling off what could be an early season upset. Yeah, and this line, the offensive line, I think is going to be the key to the game. Can they control um, Tui Molalu? It's going to be Olu Fushunu getting that matchup if Ohio State lines them up. And if not, it's going to be Caden Wallace. Caden Wallace, redshirt senior. Sal Wormley, redshirt senior. Hunter Norzad, redshirt senior plus. Landon Tangwell, redshirt sophomore. And then Fushunu is going to be a redshirt junior. This is a really experienced offensive line for Penn State. And I don't think that we've talked too much that much about that, that they have another full year of cohesion. They really didn't. That line that what they rotate eight, nine, ten starters last year. So all of those guys have played with each other. And then if you look at the two deep, Drew Shelton, JB Nelson, those guys started last year. And then they bring in Javen Williams, Alex Birchmeyer. Those are two five star freshmen. So, and I'm not going to name everybody that they have, but there's so much depth that even if, you know, maybe they have one injury on the offensive line, it isn't the biggest, the end of the deal. Whereas, in the past, Penn State really hasn't had that top 10, top 15 offensive line where they can roll in and handle Ohio State's pass rushers. This year, they finally have that, and this is the year that they, they just they have to go in and win this game. Not saying they will, not saying they won't, but like we've said many times, this is it's going to come down to the offensive line, I think, keeping Drew Aller clean, keeping Nick Singleton and Catron Allen on a roll, and then Penn State can just have their way with the, with the passing game. Because if you have a good offensive line and that running game is putting four and a half, five yards of carry every time you put the ball in their hands, there's there's no way they could lose that game. So we'll see if, if they can hold Ohio State to less than two yards of per, per carry like they did for 50% or 75, 80% of the game last year, and then they go around and turn carry four and a half, five yards of carry this year. Man, I, I don't see how Penn State could lose that game, no matter how big the environment. Yeah, I agree. Penn State, this is as big of a, of a big of a game in James Franklin's tenure. He's got to go in. You talk about going from great to elite or whatever, but Penn State has national title hopes, college football playoff hopes. This is the game that sets that tone. This is the game that proves to the country that Penn State is for real. If they're able to go in there and take care of business against the Buckeyes, that's going to set the stage for them controlling their destiny, something they've truly not been able to do since James Franklin got there um, 10 years ago. But we're going to talk a little bit about basketball when we come back for the third and final segment of the Lashing Out podcast on the Nikki Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Sports Down Network. I'm Jared. He's Kevin. Kevin, let's talk shooting hoops, right? Penn State, Penn State basketball players in the NBA just wrapped up. Um, NBA Summer League, that means Shailen Pickett, Andrew Funk, uh, Seth Lundy, all got some NBA experience over the Summer League. The, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers won the Summer League. That's about the one good thing going for, for the city of Cleveland. Um, although I shouldn't say that the Guardians are well on their way to sweeping the Pirates. Yes, the Guardians are Cleveland's Major League Baseball team, but but Penn State players had some good experiences. Now uh, we have to talk about um, Lamar Stevens. He did get cut and waived by the San Antonio Spurs, so which is kind of odd considering they just traded the Cavaliers for him. Um, so I'm not sure if there's going to be a homecoming with Cleveland or not. 
but Lamar had been off to a pretty decent start to his NBA career. But of note, Andrew Funk uh, had a summer league deal with the Nuggets. He signed an Exhibit 10 contract, which essentially becomes what could become a two-way deal. He will get a little bit of a bonus. I, I want to say a little bit because it's about ten to $50,000, but it'll be it has the potential to be a two-way deal, which would mean he would play in the G League in the, in the NBA um, if he were to be called up. Um, and then, obviously, Seth Lundy had an okay um, fairing in the summer league as well. And Jalen Pickett did Jalen Pickett things, man. You know, getting to see him ball out um, is going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully he's able to get some serious minutes for the defending champions. Yeah, and like you said um, about um, Andrew Funk's 10-day or Exhibit 10 contract, uh, if he makes the NBA roster, he'll make just over a million dollars. It's the league minimum for um, for rookies in the NBA. So not a bad idea or not a bad gig. Um, he's going to go in. He's going to go into camp with a chance to make the full roster. So Exhibit 10, like you said, is a two-way contract, but it could be that it's leaning um, towards actually a full-time one-way contract with with the Denver Nuggets. I kind of see him as kind of a um, Kyle Korver type from the NBA. I mean, he shot his best game in the, of the summer league. He shot five and nine for three for 57%. If he can shoot at least 55, 57%, like he did that night, he could easily be a three point specialist in the NBA. That's the way the game's going. They can put him in for 10, 12, 15 minutes a game. Maybe he hits three or four threes, gives him 10 a night off the bench as a three point specialist. There is a role for that in the NBA. Um, Jalen Pickett, like you said, had an outstanding summer league. Um, he did sign a multi-year one-way deal with the Denver Nuggets, uh, 12.4 points a game. He shot 53% from the field, 43% from three, 4.4 rebounds and 5.6 assists a game. So he's probably going to be running that second team off the bench as, as a point guard. I mean, both of them, or uh, at least Jalen Pickett's second-round pick, Seth Lundy's second-round pick, but second-round pick for Jalen Pickett, uh, a lot of people are even saying like he's physically ready for the NBA, which a lot of those guys getting drafted really aren't because they're 18, 19 years old. Jalen Pickett's 23, so had a few more years to develop physically um, and in his skills, and it seems that he used the time wisely. And it works out well for Penn State because they got a tournament win. Um, yeah, Seth Lundy, he's probably going to end up on the College Park Skyhawks. That's the Atlanta Hawks G League. I uh, do believe he has a two-way deal, but something tells me he's probably just going to wind up being being in the G League for a couple years, and you know, hopefully, he can impress and adapt to the NBA game and make a roster one day full time. Yeah, and that's the big thing for those guys. They've got their foot in the door, and guys like Funk and Lundy, you know, those are guys that, that came to Penn State, maybe not looking at the at the NBA per se. But those are guys that now have the opportunity to go and play at that level thanks to their experience uh, with the Nittany Lions. And I think that's huge. You know, obviously that was under Pat Chambers and Michael Shrewsbury for Lundy and also, um, you know, um, Funk. But at the same time, this speaks to how Penn State basketball is progressing, both via the portal and just overall in how they're, they're starting to recruit. So that's a good thing to see. Obviously, Jalen Pickett having success at the highest level would be, would be awesome to see as well, because that's going to speak volumes too in the type of player that he has been. Um, but it's very, very nice to see Penn state players having success um, at that high level, at that elite level. 
and it'll be interesting to see really how the rest of uh, the summer plays out for them and then also training camp for, for those kids as well. Yeah, it just really stinks that we don't get to see Micah Shrewsbury um, run it back, pull in more pull in more talent from the transfer portal and go. But we'll see what Mike Rhodes can do. And hopefully he's you know just as adequate of a coach and can really coach up the transfer portal kids that they brought in. Maybe we see Kanye Clary really bud into a um, starting point guard for the for the Nittany Lions. Maybe he becomes like a Kihei Clark type player uh, that UVA has, where he just becomes this good four year starter and a perfectly adequate starting point guard at the college level. And you know maybe he has a little bit of a future in NBA. So time will tell, but um, definitely does seem that Penn State can uh, potentially roll. Uh, continue their success that they had last year, although it will be a completely total, totally new regime. With the portal, all things are truly possible. But that's about all we've got for this episode. Thanks for joining in. For Kevin Quigley, this has been Jared Krugar on the Latching Up Podcast on the